Hello, listeners. Casey Kasem here again, forced by the APDC bags of douche to let you know about a podcast crossover episode. Podcast crossover episode? Well, that's just the fucking nerdiest sentence that's ever been said. Anyway, for some reason, Mike Seibert of Mike Seibert Radio interviewed the boys, and that episode will be dropping on his podcast April 10th. In fact, just go listen to Mike Seibert Radio. It's a much better podcast about pop culture, movies, and music than the disgusting garbage pit that is the Autopod Deceptive Fuck. Mike Seibert Radio is on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. That's S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Now, on with the Inferior Show. Grimlock say we on our way. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is your weekly podcast that delivers a minute-by-minute breakdown of the 1986 Transformers movie. This is episode 55. We're going to be covering 5401 to the 55-minute mark. I'm your host, Aaron, and I'd like to introduce my co-hosts, two men who, I'm fairly certain, never wore colorful overalls with a single strap stylishly dangling (laughs) off their shoulders. Gentlemen, please introduce yourselves and also tell me uh, what 90s clothing styles did you indulge in and what did you avoid? Caleb is aggressively shaking his head (laughs) as if he is ready with his answer. Uh, My name is Ryan and I will say in the the late motif of this podcast where we talk about you, Aaron, and I ripping each other off, Mm -hmm. um, I remember, I think you were maybe the first well, person in my circle group who started doing the T-shirt with the flannel shirt over top of it, mm-hmm. or just dress shirt over top of it, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember grunge days. Yes, perhaps? adopting that mm-hmm. uh, that look, and um, uh, just to tuck. Although I also tucked all my shirts into my pants, mm-hmm. so I looked like an insane person. He was. You've always been very formal. At least I'm a, uh, starting in yes. high school, you were very formal in yes. your manner of dress. It's you, true. I am a da- I'm a dandy, mm-hmm. a bit yeah. of a dandy, a fop, if you will. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't go grunge. Uh, I went through a short period of uh, really, really being into Apparatus brand sweaters. Hmm. Apparatus was a brand where uh, you would buy them and they would have patches uh, sh- uh, sewn to them. Mm-hmm. And not like patches like you're patching a hole, but like uh, patches of like, you know, different... Like uh, uh, logos s- and stuff? Yeah. Or like, you're, yeah. like you're a human race car? Uh, kind of, but it was more like uh, Ivy League looking. They, do they still make apparatus sweaters? Anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, apparatus. So basically, like a kind of a more of a fresh, like uh, with a chain. Mm-hmm. Like like you would. It's like you would. Uh, I I was ready to be cast at any given moment on. Uh, on different worlds. Right. I was going to say, were you going to be in a Spike Lee movie? It's like House, House Party 2? It's like Dwayne Wayne. I was very envious of that. I always wanted me. those glasses. Um, a quick aside, that's a badass sweater. <laughs> that is a badass sweater. Jacquard. Can I see that real quick? Jacquard sweater. We'll I don't get back know on much track. about it here. Uh, that is a fucking badass sweater. I don't know anything sweater. about it, but it is cool. I, I tried to Google search apparatus sweater to get a... 
visual on what you're talking about, but I think I can picture it, and I think anyway. I can picture you in it. You, I have a oh, picture you, of you myself. You had a high and tight as a kid in uh, high school, I recall, and I recall you as the type of person that would wear a necklace. I, okay, I on this formal was, this was in addition to uh, Blake. So that, that was a thing, gentlemen. I got over that pretty quick, but that was that was the thing. Urban style was just really kind of kicking off in the '90s, like and becoming mainstream uh, pop like culture, like the African colors, like the green, right, the that, yellow, and, red, and so and things like that. Like what you're talking about certainly sounds like urban style. Like well, like yeah. jams were. I don't know if mm-hmm. you'd call those urban was, style, but we wore hammer pants in eighth we grade. Did. I don't know if you'd call. I don't know if technically. They were. They were just. They like, weren't technically. They were really They were just stylish, baggy. Like yeah, it was like thin, textured. Uh, yeah, and just like, big poofy pants, and um, really I, cool I wore graphics on them. I wore a. Uh, I they wore might a have been more pack. skate culture. Maybe it was like more skate culture and hammer culture combined. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and I wore a fair amount of hypercolor and op. Gotcha. Yeah. In high school, I wore a little bit of cross colors, which I think overlaps in what Caleb is talking about, which mm-hmm. I think is a very urban. Uh, kind of brand, and so as like a Midwestern white guy to wear cross yeah, colors, I, it felt I, fresh as hell. Yeah, it's like I stepped out of a <laughs> Color Me Bad video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, girl, I think I love yeah. you. I'm always thinking of you. I want you to know I'll do it all for love. God, we should all be. We should all definitely be singing over like one of those fire canisters in Philadelphia, yeah. like while, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rocky. Rocky will run by, jog by us. Yeah, uh, hey, you're Rocky. Like, hey, hey, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is maybe started better than any intro we've ever done before. Um, Certainly better <laughs> than the last few, I think. <laughs> last episode recap. Oh, the horror as we saw the final oh, surviving mm. member. Of the Lithonian civilization, mm-hmm. murdered by the Shark Decans. But a little levity as the Dinobots bicker for Ugh. some reason. God. I, All they do is just act like assholes for no reason. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not that dissimilar than it is in the show. It's pretty unbearable in the show. Like they're, But they're not buffoons in the show. They're just dumb and like... They make mistakes, but I don't. I don't. They re- might be buffoons. I don't remember. I, don't I haven't watched the show in a while. I don't know. I, I can't imagine they just recreated the characters for this movie. It's true. I just. I feel. I don't know. I just. I guess what I'm break, getting down to is I just don't like the way they're portrayed. <laughs> they're, they're really annoying. It is true. It's annoying. But I mean, as a kid, I don't remember being annoying. So maybe that was the point. Is this is a kid's movie? But it's, as a kid, you liked dinosaurs, and you were just true. like, yeah. "Holy fucking no, that's, shit!" That's I'm, that's probably one reason they kept them in the movie because i mean especially in the, oh, they're the 80s super popular yeah dinosaurs. and we we brought this up a little bit before we went on mike of talking about this was more last episode i forgot to bring up but uh where grimlock hits uh slag with his tail and knocks him over uh preventing him from stepping in the spike pit um and i we were debating as to whether that was because he was trying to save him or whether it was because he was frustrated i think we all came down on it seems like it was it's just frustrated. coincidence and he was yeah. frustrated and then yeah. they never addressed it ever again well I, the reason they? I think it had mm-hmm. to be coincidence is because in the script deviations, we came to understand that there were multiple traps, actually, mm-hmm. that were not mm-hmm. actually c- included in the movie, including a tree swinging so, down, a, a tree of swords swinging down and almost hitting Swoop, or maybe trying to knock him out of the sky, and also a trap that was, oh shit, what was the other does, one? Does uh, anyway. their stupidity protect them I think somehow. that was the joke like that they're mm-hmm. like somehow or another their ignorance 
yeah. keep them safe. Yes, it's also confusing because it's it's like it, it takes place in a mid shot, so it's not clear that it's like as a kid I was like, it's did he hit weird. himself with his tail yeah, or did Grimlock hit his tail? It's, it's a weird. It's a weird bit. I always yeah. felt like the though even as a kid watching it, I always felt like it was their argument that kept him from falling. Gotcha. Sure, that was me. I would agree. Personally. I would agree. Um, so uh, we kick things off in the middle of, uh, sort of an elemental, elemental deli meat discussion. Yes. Grimlock is growling very aggressively. It looks like things are about to get heated again for no reason. Uh, when we hear a strange voice calling in the background. Uh, Caleb, I think, uh, you mm-hmm. should imitate this oh. as I think you've <clears throat> imitated this character in the past. Friend, fine, look behind. Okay. Friend, you, fine, look behind. You can stop now. Friend, oh, fine, look right. behind. No, we've, we've lost all our listeners. You asked me to do it. And never not, stop Friend, fine, <laughs> look behind. Oh, God damn, not 900 times. All right. Uh, and, and Grimlock is, you know, what, like, what's up? Who said that? And uh, emerging from behind what I can only call a robotic jungle is a mm-hmm. small... Orange robotoid, uh, one who we know point, has been point. following Cup and Hot Rod. It jumps quite high, lands, marches right up Sludge's tail to the mm-hmm. top of his head to introduce himself to the group with a classic insult. You go wrong way, you fool, I say. That's <laughs> interesting. It's wonderful. Different line read, but that's... I, I don't know how he... I don't, that's I, that's I, a I, perfect I rendition. I don't know how he... In, I don't know how he... In, I don't know the inflection, so I'm just... Uh, I'm just re- you go wrong it. way, you fool, I say. <laughs> you go wrong way, you fool, I say. <laughs> there we go. Nailed what, it. So I did like... <laughs> you go wrong way, you fool. You go I say. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been my comma placement. I'm, I'm going to give off. you 15 different versions. Here we go. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'd hate to be in that recording. Oh, state. God. Who does the voice of him? <laughs> well, we'll get to that well, later. Ah. Wait for it. So Grimlock, reasonably offended, fool, and then uh, Wheelie delivers this line. That I- Picture you got. Now, fool, you not. This is another example of me not understanding what he said. The picture, you fool, never understood what he said yep, there. Me either. The second part, I thought he was saying, no fool, you not, which is two double negatives saying right. you're still a fool. Right. Meanwhile, there's this crazy music, weird, oh, yeah. I don't know, music, yeah. this weird sound effects in the background. Like, it, we ju- it's all amazing. three of us just noticed this weird really music, and I'll try to isolate some of it to, uh, really we just need to figure out what Vince DiCola jam it it's was. Crazy. I'm sure it's just part of a Vince DiCola part mm-hmm. of the score. But it's not, like nothing we've seen it's, in the movie it's, up to this point. It's trippy. Friend, fine, look behind. You go wrong way, you fool, I say. Me, Grimlock, fool? Picture you got. No fool, you not. <laughs> it's trippy. Uh, after, so after Wheelie delivers that line, he laughs in a wild metallic cackle. Mm-hmm. And uh, as if Grimlock wasn't already pissed off, now he's fucking livid. He just fucking knocks and him straight he off. he publicizes his distaste for the small creamsicle robot and knocks him oh boy. right the fuck off Sludge's head. In response, the creature uh, from the ground pulls out a slingshot, which he uses to disperse hot justice. <laughs> 
to Grimlock's nose. And that is interesting because, the, yeah, that's at like 54.33. And um, that is, uh, I had a uh, one of the Big Looker uh, books where uh, Wheelie uses a slingshot. I mean, it's more of a sling, not a slingshot, but uh, to, to uh, use burning coals as his weapon. There's some interesting, we'll, we'll get into that, I think, probably in our script deviations. Uh, I've, got, I've got a uh, whole section on Wheelie, I believe. Yes, mm-hmm. I do, or a little bit on Wheelie that touches on that. I think... That there's some evolution of the character. I don't think I even have Wheelie in mind, but we'll see. That's oh, to this point, but well, who knows? Wait a minute. That, that, this is like, I don't think we have him, or maybe we do. I can't remember we'll if I, I, I don't think Wheelie, at least to the point I've read up to in my script, has shown up in mine. Oh, weird. Okay. Ryan just, we'll know, get there. He doesn't necessarily follow along with the movie. He's just like, I'm done reading for today. No, no, no. I'm trying to keep along with the movie, but it does. It's not like I. Uh, uh, I I'm trying not to read ahead, is what I'm getting at. Sure. Grimlock gets hit in the face. Ow! And uh, he asks uh, the universal question, "Why, boy, hit my nose?" <laughs> I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's like, and then uh, it, it, it's this whole this whole bit is painful. Like this whole scene with the Dinobots is painful to me. Well, that's because the Dinobots are painful, it's, and as adults, we hate them. It's so as a ridiculous. kid, they were cool, huh? I just said it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It is. They're the worst. But uh, in response to that, uh, Wheelie says maybe his most iconic line of the whole movie. Wheelie say, find friends today. And then, yeah, the fucking Grimlock. Grimlock He joins the, he joins the, the rhyming, I hate it. It's like, it's the anybody want a peanut moment of this movie. (laughs) It is. And then they just. Anybody want a peanut. Can we, but that I don't hate. Like, that's at least clever. This is just making them insufferable. Right, right. Again. So, so they continue their walk um, through the chrome jungle. As the camera pans out, we fade to Unicron mm-hmm. and his creepy theme song. I love it. I love the Unicron theme song. It's yeah. it's one of my favorites. The... Bow, bow. There we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Galvatron back at Unicron. Standing on his stomach or whatever. So his maw begins to open in that spiky squid mouth anus fashion that it does and reveals Galvatron, minuscule in comparison, standing on a ledge ready to address his master. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's really... That's where it ends, basically. That's, it kind of I never cuts. noticed before, it fit, I'm pausing at 54-57, Galvatron's just kind of... It looks like he's, he's just like kind of It looks like there, he's sitting, sitting but... It, <laughs> and we also see the revenge uh, a little a few seconds before that. That's right, very then, tiny. Uh, I don't know if in earlier as a child I ever noticed all that. But anyway, that is where the minute ends, mm-hmm. guys. So uh, that brings me to a discussion topic. Okay. okay. Wheelie, annoying character or most annoying character? This is like a, this is a bit we've done. I, I brought I started doing this where I essentially stole this question from Stephen Colbert. Everyone, mm-hmm. everyone, uh, there's a lot of annoying characters on here that have their own special attributes. It's hard to say he's the most annoying. I don't think it is. I, I say he is definitely an annoying character. I would say he's not in Who's, my book. Are you gonna say Daniel is the most? No, Daniel's a victim of circumstance in this movie. I would say isn't that, Wheelie? I mean, I think we'll find that Wheelie is. As I'm we not dig saying he's the most annoying. I'm saying the Dinobots are really annoying to me. Uh, that's a good point. They're really I, annoying to me. 
I don't know because I always like like the as a kid also the Dinobots were always one of my favorites. Oh yeah, when I was a kid, I'm talking about now. I know. I'm just saying that as a child, they were some of my favorites. So like, it's hard for me to find them that annoying. Hey, Wheelie. What's weird is his little wait. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hey, Wheelie. (laughs) Oh God. I like that. (laughs) Let's use that. To some degree. Um, okay, so something uh, is some a couple awesome things about Wheelie. I think he catches a lot of shit, but his whole uh, TF wiki. Uh, I don't know if you looked. I didn't this even up read it. In no. your, uh, so Wheelie's whole entry in TF wiki and is, is written the, in rhyme. Oh, the oh, whole no. thing from beginning to end. Well, that in and of itself is, is irritating. A rhyme. I don't. I mean, that's an amazing amount of talent. It, or you might find it one irritating. might say waste of time. Well, I find it amazing. Ugh. and I disagree with your assessment I completely. Can't read. I would not be able to read more than like I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I just transformed Wheelie, and he does not. He's uh, no in the G one Transformer toy version of Wheelie. His face is essentially in his chest. Uh, there were some animation differences. That's a terrible toy. I had well. that. I had that toy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not great. Right, please continue. It's not great by any means. A few Wheelie facts for you guys that I have. So uh, first of all. He's quite disliked, um, and, and among, pretty universally. And his own, among his own detractors, his own designer, Floro Derry, hated Wheelie. What? Hated the in what way? Hated the look of him. What? Hated everything. Hated the character. Just I don't know. Like you him. can you can't blame that first part on anybody else. Like. I mean, well, I mean, I know. I mean, that's it is what it is. There's not much detail around it other than just he hated. He just Wheelie. doesn't like it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> his original color models were black and yellow. I'm black and to, yellow, black and yellow. I'm trying to shift through here and see if I can find it. But uh, his his original color models were black and yellow, which uh, I'm assuming they changed because they kind of were setting him up to be the next Bumblebee. He hang in the season three. He, he hangs, hangs out, out with Daniel. the human character. Uh, but I'm assuming they did it either to maybe prevent confusion of maybe people thinking that it was Bumblebee, but there are, there are some original models or like, uh, sheet models of the character that are in black and yellow. And they were recently, maybe back in the early two thousands sold by none other than Ron Friedman himself. What? He he had his hands on these and sold them at auction. No, oh, like shit. the the the, dem, the early demo models. The early, early, yeah, the early color models. Mm. We got to get Ron on the show. <laughs> that is definitely not happening. Going so to happen. it looks like Wheelie has like a cap on. Well, right. So this this it was an early model. It changed actually. If I were to go to, is he like a backpacker? Is he like kind of like a? Well, like he's a, a kid. College backpacker. He's a kid. Yeah. And he, uh, let me see, movie bloopers. Let me go to Wheelie. Will he age to become like a cup-like character? Like, does that happen? Sure, eventually. I mean, so okay. Go. So here we, you can see um, this is more similar to what we just saw a second ago. So that is so. What we're seeing here, I don't know if this is keepable, but Probably this not. is the original character model. But uh, you can see that the color is different, but the, the design is the same as this here on the left. Yep. And ultimately, he changed into this. He still does have a cap on his head, but he became a little bit, I, I don't know, I guess a more bulky 
you could see some differences here. Now, when we look at some images from the Wild Boy on Quinison, which we'll get to in a second, this character model is still the one that is being used. But mm -hmm. uh, at any rate, so uh, the actor who voiced Wheelie, let's talk about him for a second. He's dead. Oh, just Leave right up top getting that out. behind the mic. Because his name is Frank Welker. <laughs> uh, I, I, ooh, you got me. I did. I actually didn't know that, and for a second, just completely flew out of my mind. Well done, sir. Yeah, you bet. Uh, the story of Wheelie is detailed in a children's book that I believe I owned it at one point in time. I purchased. I had it. it. Oh, right now? No, I had it. Okay. I don't have it now. Or I maybe, did. maybe if I didn't purchase it, maybe I read your version. Uh, I feel like it was one of those book fair books that you would get at yeah, school. Yeah, it might have been. And, uh, but anyway, it's called The Wild Boy, Wheelie the Wild Boy of Quintessa, children's mm -hmm. storybook. And it's the story of Wheelie on Quintessa, and it details out that the ship he was on with his parents crashed. They mm. died. He was captured by Quintessons. He escaped. Essentially lived kind of a Mowgli-like life in the jungles of Quintessa, which are much more organic it's, looking yeah, it's, it's, yeah, in the book life. than they are in the movie. And I wouldn't, I don't know if it's necessarily canon, because in this story, Hot Rod Cup, RC, and the Dinobots crash on Quintessa, but there, it has nothing to do with the movie we've seen up to this point. They're on a supply mission, and the reason the ship has crashed is because Grimlock, of course, accidentally overloaded it. Yep. And that caused it to go out of control and crash. I don't remember that part. After he, meeting he hit Wheelie, the reverse button. Yeah. <laughs> and in this instance, it's the one time it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so they meet Wheelie, they battle the Quintessons and the Sharktacons, and they leave the t planet together and live happily ever after. I like to think that in the movie, the canon movie version mm -hmm. of what we see... That those shredded corpses that we see in the cell, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, mm -hmm. I think those are Wheelie's His parents. parents. So a dark version of this. He seems awfully chipper yeah. for his family just being murdered. He's been on there a while. I, I'm look. We're looking at a picture on TF Wiki of Wheelie, and it's from that Wild Boy mm -hmm. of. Uh, I believe that's on the book. cover, actually. And or no, 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 the cover's. Different. He's got a sling, as you mentioned, like kind of that traditional. Da like in the movie, we see a slingshot. This is kind of that David and Goliath biblical style sling. And he also has... A lightsaber. lightsaber. A lightsaber. Don't know mm -hmm. what that's all about. But anyway, so that's uh, that's Wheelie. You like him? I like the story. I don't yeah. like the characterization yeah. of him in the movie. He's would, just annoying. I'll agree mm -hmm. with He's just an there. annoying character. Um, I'll so give Frank Welker one bad one. <laughs> he gets one bad voice. But, well, he does lots of annoying voices. Like, he's the king of annoying voice. If you need a... Uh, annoying voice. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Healy say, you're going to pay! <laughs> so that brings us to the time of the episode where we talk about those... Script deviations. <laughs> Do a script deviation rhyme. Um, <laughs> Something like... Don't hesitate to deviate. Mm. <laughs> I, I was thinking more along the lines of, I know you're in the middle of procreation. Now it's time for a script deviation. <laughs> Those were both terrible. <laughs> so, I like how he, he started better. there. And I can't, but I didn't stop the show to do it. <laughs> 
So this is Aaron, and uh, as everybody knows, my script is a little closer to what we see on screen, but there's still some interesting little, uh, you know, diversions. And my script refers to Wheelie. We just talked about the book, The Wild Boy of Quintessa. Mm -hmm. My book, my script refers to Wheelie as the wolf boy of Quintessa. So just straight up Jungle Boy. Yeah. Uh, It does not mention his backstory about, or I'm sorry, it... It also mentions his story about his parents' ship crashing. So there's like this whole paragraph about his parents' ship crashed there. They died in the crash, and that. Uh, but it's interesting that they never talk about that in the movie. It also says that he wears a necklace of Sharktacon teeth, like packs, in the Big Looker book. Yeah, yeah. Packs a three-bladed laser knife. I guess that's what that uh, is supposed that to be without minus thing. two yeah. blades. And uh, has a special sling in which he hurls fire stones. Sling versus slingshot. We've already Mm -hmm. covered this. His intro to the Dinobots, as opposed to what we heard, is, Many face lie, you fool, you buy. (laughs) That's more confusing. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I think I know where he's going with the many face lie thing. A little warning. Don't know about the fool buy thing, but... Like buy their stories. They don't. It's not like they have any stories. They you just, you just. They just kill you. Well, <laughs> anyway, Ryan, take it over, please. That that may actually play in I, uh, uh, to mine. Um, if you remember from last episode, we were uh, just on. Uh, Grimlock had said that he's sensitive to his uh, to hot rod and cup, and then the Dinobots make fun of him, and then uh, Sludge says, "Oh, what sensitive mean?" And Grimlock roars angrily, "Shut your face is what it means." Me Grimlock say, "Friends close, you see." Oh, he's rhyming again. <laughs> nah, <laughs> there's no rhyming. There's yet. not. Rhy- that's not. But rhyme. the way you said it was very. It was. Uh, it was like yeah. an iambic pentameter. Yeah. I was expecting a rhyme. Uh, the, well, and then uh, he looks down and sees a Sharktacon. The Sharktacon opens his jaws wide and takes a bite out of Grimlock, chews for a brief beat, and then, just as Grimlock is complaining and reaching down to squash him, pulls away, spits out bits of the Dinobot hide metal, and makes a face, sticking out his tongue and making terrible sounds like a baby who tastes liver and can't wait to get Another, rid of like, it. Another, like, raspberry. Yeah. <laughs> and so Grimlock says, Get off, you thing! So, okay, the Grimlock reaches down to smash the Sharpticon. It runs, runs across the bridge through a small doggy door-like entrance beside <laughs> the larger castle door. <laughs> Me Grimlock no like little chompers. Come back so I can mash you. And so, as Sharkticon is... I like the... We're building the history. It's so crazy. The Sharkticons and the Dinobots. That'll pay off later for Mm -hmm. us in the real movie, I suppose. That's why it was so tough to, like, like organize this. But the Sharkticon runs in and talks to other Sharkticon guards who listen to him act out the fact that he has tasted a huge thing, which tasted terrible. He acts it out? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, the Sharkticon pantomimes? Because I guess they can't talk. I don't know. Does he talk? No, uh, not really. No, he, no, acts it out. he just says blah. Only the Alicorn says. Can, yeah, he says blah. blah. Yeah. Uh, and then Grimlock and the other do- uh, Dinobots start for the door, and it opens, and a smiling Quintesson comes out. Greetings, noble strangers. And Grimlock says, Yes, me, Grimlock, noble, but you, stranger, not Grimlock. And there's this whole, I'm going to skip God, all this because it's a this back sounds and like, forth. This sounds like the scene in Wizard of Oz where they get to the entrance to the, yeah, the Emerald, Emerald City. Emerald City, but. 
Yeah. It's more just like the whole thing in this script yeah. earlier where Bumblebee like reverse psychologies Grimlock into thinking he's smart. <laughs> That's exactly what this Quintesson does, and it's stupid. He basically tells him, oh, your friends aren't here. Go away now. And so they do. And um, uh, they lumber off, uh, swoop cackling as he mutters, Grimlock wrong, tee-hee, Grimlock wrong. Because he flew over the shit and he was like, there they are. The Lee Quintesson says, they'll return and when they do, they must not find their friends here. His face rotates. I sentence them to consumption. His death head appears. And then... Is that the fifth face? Yeah. Wait a minute. What was that sentence in consumption re- in reference to the uh, hot rod and cup? He's oh, like so the dino. He thinks the as... Dinobots are going to come back because okay. he led them off, they but they're going to come back. Them. Okay. Uh, and Good then we Lord. have the long shot. So at this moment in the movie, we're dealing with something we haven't actually seen on screen yet, which is uh, hot rod and cups. Well, they haven't done it yet. He's saying we are ne- we need to do that now. Okay. Uh, and then um, we cut to the Galvatron in deep space. He flies toward the camera, uh, reacts to sounds of the soda straw sucking and lip smacking, um, in which the cold beam as Ingester's energy draining straw keeps sucking up all that shit. And Galvatron says, Hear me, Ingester! I, Galvatron, demand an audience! I... Looks up, off, aghast. Ingester! And then we'll cut there. All right. Uh, I've got no iconic moment. Do you guys have an iconic moment on this? One? Uh, I, really I actually know. didn't even write anything down because I'm like, eh, this moment sucks. It's um, this yeah. minute's not great. No, it's... Well, we can just skip it. Do your thing. Next time on the Autobot Deceptic. Whoa. <laughs> Galvatron and Ultra Magnus have a progress checkpoint meeting. You know uh, what those are like, guys. You're oh, in business, aren't oh, you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Every now and again. I'm a project manager. And Blur... Every fucking day. <laughs> okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And our friend Blur welds everything in sight. Oh. Yeah. Well, That's right. Okay. All that happens. Yeah. So, listen. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends to listen. Tell your grandma to listen. Tell your great-grandma to listen. My God, grandmother, I, hope I hope she's alive. My grandmothers are dead. And I assume that means they're great-grandmothers. <laughs> nope, they're alive and kicking. Oh, cool. They're 120 years old. <laughs> Excellent. That's amazing. Tell all of these people that... I will. And they're like, what's a podcast? What's a, what's a transform, man? They're definitely like, what's Tune In? Because I don't even like, know what the fuck Tune like, In is. They say, <laughs> they say like, Granny say, what you say? I don't know. And that's, that's you're like, Grandma, say. that's not a rhyme. You just said the same word twice, you fucking old bitch. <laughs> I'm glad you're in a home. <laughs> Listen to the show, everybody, on <laughs> iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn. Follow us on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, and, of course, Instagram. I say, of course, because we do so much there. We Instagram is fallow. <laughs> it's like, if you go in increasing order of importance, it's Instagram, Facebook, and then Twitter, which is pretty much all the media right. on Twitter. I did finally post something on Instagram this week for the first time in maybe two months. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it? matter. I don't even remember. It. <laughs> <laughs> was it the gift? Every now and again, you get something good. No, it wasn't. Uh, but regardless, all of them are at a pod decast. Mm-hmm. And of course, the web presence, the thing that we would love to be the most popular thing in the world, but probably isn't. Because we put so much extra stuff up there. There is a lot of extra content. Autopoddecepticast.com. Ryan Jett, what do you think goes up there this time around? Uh, I'll try to isolate that background music from the, the or at least uh, put like that bit for where wheelie, I guess wheelie theme. Is it yeah, a wheelie? I don't maybe know what, what, what that is. 
Um, uh, you know, I'll put uh, some pictures of the Big Looker books with the wheelie and the burning coal uh, uh, sling. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe uh, see if I could find an actual picture of this mythological sweater that Caleb says existed with patches on it. I tried. Oh, if you find it, good for you. I I, I tried. I tried and I could not find it. I think it. you might have dreamed it. I have a photo actually wearing it. It's a. Oh, you got to find it then. It's a junior high, like homecoming uh, photo. And um, um, I have it on and the necklace. I will All right. find it. All right. Let's, let's see that bling. All of that you'll find at autopoddecepticast.com. Mm -hmm. Rate, subscribe. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. bye. Have a nice day! Oh, <laughs> boy. Hi everybody, my name's Steve and I'm here to promote my new show, Steve's Cybertron. Or this is a show where we talk all about Cybertron. And I've got, I, let's see what Steve's got up his sleeves for Cybertron. Well, as we all know, it's a, a planet that's inhabited by sensitive machines and there's some, some time, there's some civil war that's going. Uh, they don't. They don't get along. It's the Autobots and the cause. Um, uh, what's good? Uh, that really went nowhere. <laughs> that voice is hard to do. Kind of started. Kind of started bleeding into some Bill Cosby there. That's never good. Nah, we can't do that voice anymore. All right. Well. Time for the boys to come down. We're gonna get this. We're gonna get this thing started. Figure, uh, okay, whatever. I bet you we could find out pretty easily. Did you do any After Darks? No, I have one in the bank that's going on an episode soon. So. Uh, uh, one that you did at your homestead? Alright. It's like I think I recorded between two and three last time we recorded. You wouldn't remember. <laughs> Why? Because you were I did try to do a new uh, bit. I was like, "Hi, my name is Steve, and this is our this is Steve Cybertron, and we're going to talk about <laughs> everything Cybertron. Let's see what Steve's got up his sleeves for Cybertron." <laughs> and that was basically all I did, and it didn't like it didn't go anywhere else after that. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't want them animals coming in. Zing. I like your Steve Cybertron bit. Please uh, work that so out. Steve, yeah, I might have to work your sleeve. We're, I like the sleeve bit, but uh, that's as far as it went, and then it just fell completely apart. And I, I started talking about there's these robots, and then it started sounding like Bill Cosby. And, uh, <laughs> everything, everything eventually evolves to Bill Cosby, right? right. Have you? Um, so not to. I know that I talk about West all the time and stuff oh, like that, but because yeah. we're just together all the time. But um, we went to visit a friend of hers in Oklahoma <sighs> last weekend, mm -hmm. and. Um, 
we were there for like four or five hours, and I don't know, this happens all the time where I bring up cults or serial killers, <laughs> and they actually were interested. As uh, the listeners would recognize. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they were actually interested, in. I, ha- I, dr- I said three or four times, are you sure you want to hear this story? Because they didn't, they were vague on the story of Jonestown. Mm-hmm. So I spent like 35 minutes explaining top to bottom uh, what happened from Jim Jones's beginnings to is this like a captive Jonestown. audience too? Like they're all sitting around listening. We to were at their house. They asked me to do this, and I was like, "Are you sure?" Because it's you know he doesn't understand social graces. He's doing his best to warn them. Yeah, that's true. What they're and in for? I was true. like, I, at several points in it, I'm like, I, I was like, are you, you know, I can stop or whatever. But it, it was uh, it was an interesting experience just because I'm like, I, I wonder if uh, at the end of it, if I. I because I was a little drunk also, but if I crystallized it well enough, and they were like, no, that makes sense, and I'm, you know, uh, it was just Making like, you feel better. It's, it was a great story. It was good. Yeah, they yeah, nice. patting me it on makes, the arm. It makes and sense. It makes sense. It's a weird one, because Jim Jones, among all cult, like, uh, leaders, he's one that actually did do good. He followed good. through. Well, no, not only Ooh. that, but, like, he did legitimately good things early on in his career. Like, I genuinely believe he was against uh, segregation and racism. And he in Indianapolis, he was instrumental in desegregating that city. Mm-hmm. And, like, most of his congregation was black, like, especially at the end. And, um, like... He, oh, his, even his... The, the death congregation? Mm-hmm. I didn't know like, that. Like, w- well over... Like sixty percent of them. Were I didn't black. know that. Um, and uh, but yeah, and he had uh, he adopted. They called it the, his Rainbow Family. He adopted a bunch of kids like that were uh, different race. Jim Jones and his wife were the first uh, uh, the first uh, white couple to adopt a black child in Indiana. In Indiana. All right, well, um, Jim's but, a, Jim Jones apologist Ryan J. Well, no, no, no. He was a, ABC Zone. <laughs> He was a monster, but he did like it was weird just to see that he did legitimately do good things and such a wasted potential of like what he could have been, mm-hmm. and just uh, it was too much of a narcissist and psychopath, and uh, it overtook just, him. It, 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 he ended up murdering nine hundred and eighteen people. Brussels, Brussels, where we sell good.